Here's the situation. TJ, you're hired by kind of a outskirts Las Vegas casino that likes to put odds on some some different type of scenarios rather than just sports bets and regular gambling. Uh, so we're going to come back and ask you to set the odds on a bunch of things. Oh, man. Uh from all slices of life, almost word for word, almost word for word from 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 one. I think I still, I think I still am going to give to you. Okay. Uh, I'm T.J. Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is here's the situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this theme is uh, odds and ends. Yes. Um, and so when we first brought it up, we said that there there might be sometimes we do a, a recording and we might have written a certain amount of questions, and so we might just have some danglers that we didn't get to or what have you. Um, there might be some that were written a long time ago but didn't fit with the theme, right. or there might also be once we mention this odds and ends that that actually sounded like a nice you know nice starting points right. for you know just a regular show. So there will also be some new ones in here that are inspired by either odds or ends or both. Yes, as, okay. as my lead-in one was clearly uh, inspired by odds. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, this will be a hodgepodge. I think so. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we should do ours back to back or if I should do mine earlier because it is, almost, like I said, word for word. I guess we'll save that for the end. Okay. Uh, all right. Yours is going to be at the end, so I got to put mine in there. Some I'll throw it in the middle. Here's one rush that I wrote before we ever recorded our first one. Oh, and wow. I went back through my old notes and okay. found it. Um, and I liked it and was like, hey, damn, this is this is one that I wanted to ask Great. for a long time. So here's the situation. I mean, this is the original. This, this is, is this is like uh, the prequel. <laughs> this really is. This All one's right. been around longer than we have, buddy. I love it. Rush, here's the situation. Tomorrow, sharks everywhere learn oh, how to God. run on land. Oh no. Yep. Yep. And how, so here's, here's, here's my questions. How drastically do you think the world changes? What do you think are some practical differences we would see? And what is the lasting relationship like between sharks and humans? I might kill myself. Yeah. (laughs) I hate sharks. I I would say that sharks and cockroaches are my two most idiosyncratically strong fears, although both are kind of fears that a lot of people have, I think. But sharks, oh my God, I hate sharks so much. So, uh, I, I will start, and I am. I will never say a positive thing about a shark. Okay. So I'm going to start with it's not nothing's going to happen in terms of human shark interaction relationship. Sharks are incapable of relationship. <laughs> they have no. They have pea sized brains, right? And they're just they're just. You know, the only thing I guess I can say that's not totally mean about a shark is like it doesn't know any different or better or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a. It's just this ancient killing machine that floats around in order to eat. But it doesn't care about anything. So well, we're never going to have human-shark relations. Here's here's a positive thing I might offer about sharks. Yeah, you like them. I don't care for them. Well, my my opinion on this is that the world's not going to change all that much at all. Um, is here's here's what here's what I think. Okay. Not to preempt not to preempt your answer. No, I'm, I'm that it's basically like bears. They could eat us anytime they want to. They all they have to do is get our get their hands on us. I think sharks would prefer not to. I think even sharks that attack humans more often than not think they're a seal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, seals taste better than humans. I that bet. yeah. So I think sharks, even sharks, let's also say ninety percent of them don't attack humans to begin with. They're, they they eat other things. They're too little. They got no interest in us. So a bunch of these sharks, I think, are just going to become pets for people. I think some people are just going to have them instead of a dog. They're going to just have like a little sand shark, and they're like, and it lives in their yard and comes in their house and all that stuff. Yeah, and they feed it. Lacks it and all of the benefits of a dog, like mm-hmm. the emotional connection. The, you know, they're the dogs are cute. Like, I don't know, man. 
No uh-huh. chance. Uh, and that I think sharks are going to prefer to feed in the water, even though they could come up and feed on land. I think maybe deer and and you know and rabbits and stuff will be in in more trouble than us. So I think actually, how like, strong these legs are. Like, <laughs> you know, if they're kind of slow running sharks, I'm going to just go to and mock them. They can get up quick. They can get up to twenty twenty five miles an hour. Okay, so they, they're like they, alligator they, speeds. Yeah. All yeah, right. but but like an alligator, I think sharks are just going to prefer not to have too much to do with us because also we'll just like I think we're going to be the danger to the sharks that we'll just start shooting them all the time anywhere oh, we see. Well, them, I was certainly going to go that route, taking them towards is, towards extinction, which is a, a, originally like. And I they, think seaside towns would have more bigger fences. <laughs> well, they'd clear the beaches in a hurry, right? So you mm-hmm. wouldn't be able. Um, Maybe the surfers would be the only ones who feel safer, but but people that inhabit normal beaches, at least for a couple of years, that's going to be shut down. Mm-hmm. Then there's going to be a massive genocide of the sharks, mm-hmm. right? Because people are going to roll out and be like, I don't like this change. I don't feel safe about it. I'm going to take these sharks out. And they're going to think like me and be like, these sharks are non-feeling, killing machine creatures. No, thank you. And people are going to go shoot sharks for sport. And there's going to be a bunch of like controversy about like, is it big game hunting? You know, and I, I mean, I hate big game, you know, of course, like, uh, you know, if somebody puts a photo of them up having killed a lion, like that person, you know, yeah. can go to hell. But the shark, go ahead, take them out. Those things are. What about a beautiful like whale shark? These giant docile, giant docile sharks. I don't sharks think they're going to come or... up on the land. They'll be <laughs> fine. They'll just come up to say they're, hi. Yeah, huh? creatures of the deep. I mean, I'm thinking about the great whites, your hammerheads, your yeah. uh, tiger, your tiger sharks, mm-hmm. thresher. I think is yeah. So that about. your first question was kind of what would change, and so I think there'd be a lot more killing of sharks, and then the beaches would clear, and then um, I do think it would probably. I'm not sure I agree with you because I bet like, uh, you know, maybe their tastes are, are going to be a lot different because they're like these filthy creatures that go around in salt water all the time, <laughs> but but I think like filthy. I think most given the opportunity and not like worrying about diet and stuff, most people would rather eat land animals than, than sea creatures. Uh And, you know, I think seals are probably pretty delicious. So, cause like polar bears are all up fatty, you know, yeah, nice and fatty. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're usually in kind of cold waters and stuff. It probably feels warm while you get to eat that seal for a little bit. But I think, I think they'd probably come up and try to like experiment, get into some deer and mm-hmm. and uh, Cow. cows and other things. Mm-hmm. And so I think like the farming, you know, it, population would be very worried about it. Um, so anyway, there would be a lot of I think very very it would be very bad for the sharks for them to get legs. I agree with you in that uh, on that central issue. What was the second question that you? The had? second question, um, w- yeah, practical differences we would see, you know, in everyday and everyday life, and then was the lasting the lasting relationship, which I think i believe now that we're talking about it would basically just revert to almost exactly as it is right now brutal for like sydney and melbourne you Mm -hmm. know that that would be rough times for those cities for a while it would just be chaos for a little while like chicago's not going to have any practical differences other than we're going to like that'll be another thing to put on the list for like california you get your you get your mudslides you get your earthquake you got your land sharks running around Coming in, you know, you get your Hollywood elite. Uh, so, I, th- I think that's how it's going to go down. All right, yeah, that was one. That was one from the vault, right I there, like buddy. It. I like it. That's a good one. Okay, uh, for for a couple of mine, we're gonna um, we're gonna venture to an area called Philosophy Corner. Okay, Philosophy Corner is like a low rate uh, Mister Rogers neighborhood kind of. Great, it's it's like Sesame Street or Mister Rogers, but it's just 
it's just like two Barca loungers out on a street corner during a real nice, <laughs> you know, like 70 degree, like San Diego uh, fall, oh, nice fall evening. <laughs> people get out there and talk a little bit of philosophy <laughs> at Philosophy Corner. Uh, so here's the situation. You're an invited guest to Philosophy Corner. And uh, there they say, look, um, there's a cliche, all good things must come to an end. Yep. So this comes from ends, from odds and ends. Mm-hmm. And they say, I'd love to hear from you. What are three good things that you, you, you know, I'll give a counter example, right? Like you would say you wish you wouldn't have drank as much as you drank and mm-hmm. you wouldn't say that was a good thing that came to an end, <laughs> you know, but give me three things in your life that were good things that came to an end. Oh yeah. Um, well, one, uh, that's been on my mind of late is being a kind of unknown improviser. And, and, uh, that time when we were, learning and failing and and I think this is probably applicable to to some other to some other fields of interest as well when you were expected to make mistakes you made them you had fun making them you know you 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 licked your wounds laughed about it right but the the kind of uh I don't know lack of a better term the whole kind of becoming of it all you know like right. um and uh you were it was experimental and stuff and that just you know, from time and circumstance has to, has to come, has to come to an end at some right. point. Cause they say, you know, you're always on the journey, you know, to the destination and blah, blah, blah. But there are times that are raw, unquestionable journey. Mm-hmm. And that those early days of improv, you could never say like, I've gotten to the destination. Nope. You would have to say like, nope. this is a, I still have a long way ahead. Yeah, I, I like. I'm. I pine for the. Those were good memories too. Yeah, and and but I'm not. I'm not upset that I'm not a beginning improviser working my way through that. And I think that's what you're saying too, because it's again this all good things come to an end. Yeah. Um, this is we're recording this at the end of January, not too too far removed from the holidays. But this was on my mind this past Christmas. Um, when, uh, when my brothers and I were young, all my four grandparents were still alive. Mm-hmm. My uncles were still like, uh, you know, like, uh, around and like young dudes. And, and we would, you know, on, on Christmas Eve, go down to my grandmother's, my Polish grandmother's house. And there was a big gathering there. And then, um, so the, the good thing that came to an end was just like, in some ways people being alive. We, yeah. We've lost people during that time. And it was such kind of, and granted, I was the child, so it was sort of magical, but we were all like, we were all still there. And now you know, three of my four, I still have one grandparent uh, who, you know, like I'm amazingly fortunate to still have one. And I had my other, my Nana for a long, long time. So that was great. Um, but that, that at some point has to come to an sure. end. People move on or pass away or, you know, or, or what have you. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. so for you, uh, those are great. And for your last one, maybe one that was more of a voluntary thing, right? So not like, uh-huh. I mean, those are good, but, but of course there's the inevitability that you're going to, you're going to have this nice childhood memories and nostalgia around the, the time where those generations got to interact with one another. And of course it's, it's wonderful that it happened and sad that it can't continue. But how about something, if you can think of one that's, Something you enjoyed, mm-hmm. but it just, it's time ran and it was time to do something different or, or to not do that any longer. Yeah. Um, well, this is semi related, but 
but not entirely. Um, I worked at Second City, mm-hmm. and um, my time ended. My time ended there, and I think some people there um, try and find any like any job to kind of stay in the building and and still do stuff. So even once you end at the stages, maybe you work as part of the business theater or you direct there or whatever. Uh, but when my time ended there, it felt kind of like, for me, it felt kind of like high school where like, it's sort of weird if you keep on going back, you just kind of have to accept that like you had your window, you did your thing. Right. And then, and I don't, and I don't go, I don't go back. Like it, it was, it was a great time, but it ended, you know, it had to end and it, and it feels if I were to go back now, like I'm trying to grab something that's gone now, you right. know, like, um, and I'm trying to think because, because baseball, I would have kept on playing, but I got not good enough at my age to still be invited to, right. to play, you know, like, yeah. And I don't think that fits yeah. in this, in this concept, but I think, I think the, what you said about second city makes sense. I mean, for a lot of people, I think, an answer could be like college, right? Mm-hmm. You just say, "Hey, I loved it, but uh, you know, it needed to it needed to stop." And I tried to continue it for a yeah. couple <laughs> years afterwards, <laughs> and so it was time that needed to come to an end, <laughs> right. and I needed to kind of move on. Um, you know, I I just I, I'm interested in folks that have careers that they like, and then they. Uh, you know, I, I just I see a lot of people who who confront the situation of retirement mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. ambivalent views about it, right. where they've they've put so much time into that job that they don't they don't want to let that go. Mm-hmm. And then other ones who seem more at peace with doing it and say, I, I, I had a good run. I'm glad that I did it, but I, I'm ready to move on and right. I want to move on. And part of why I wrote this, I guess, was. um uh, I was just watching the Australian Open, and where Caroline Wozniak is retiring at 29 years old, wow. and she's like, "I'm just so glad to, to leave tennis on my terms when I'm happy with it, and go on to the to the next chapter, which will be better." And I'm like, because I'm a cynical asshole, I'm like, "What's going to be better than you? You were like number one in the <laughs> world, <laughs> and then you won a Grand Slam, and you're playing tennis for a living. Like, I don't think the next chapter is better. Yeah, I think it's going to be significantly worse. But you know." Uh, I think she doesn't, and, and I think she will have that good thing come to an end for her. Related but different, I, I, I take joy when I still see someone who you would think is too old for something still doing it. Yeah. Like someone like an, like an a 50-year-old dude who still rides a skateboard or whatever. Okay. Because I think so many people cave to like, eh, you know, society says you, you have to be a certain age to do right. this, but I still like it and I'm still good at it. So I, I do appreciate when I still see people doing things that – you know, that some more closed-minded people would say, like, haven't you aged out of that? Like, no, I like to dance. Yeah. I like to go to some place and dance. Or I like to, yeah. you know, I like to skateboard. I like to, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I I take joy when I still see someone not doing it because they're supposed to have become right. too old for that. Right. And I think, I don't know if you consider yourself, I, I, I think we're Gen X, right, is what we would I be. I think so, yeah. And I think that our, the, the Gen X generation, and especially maybe slightly younger than us, but I think that's one of the calling cards of the, that generation is less um, uh, less adherence to the concept that you age out of stuff. Gotcha. I mean, I think like just look at it, the fact that comic book movies mm-hmm. right. have taken over yep. the movie world. And you may hate that. You may like it. It doesn't really matter. The point is folks are saying 
no, I can continue to like comic books right. even though I'm 45 <laughs> years old. When when I was a kid, if my dad had played video games with me, yep, that would have been considered very odd. Yep, you know. Whereas now, I think uh, there are a lot of people our generation that continue to uh, not age out of stuff, and I, I like that. Yeah, I think at some point also it was it was like, oh, nerds aren't nerds. Nerds are cool. So it's yeah. like. Now it's cool to like hang on all your nerd, all your nerd stuff, do your yeah. nerd things. <laughs> yeah, nerds are gonna save the world, man. Uh, all right, Rush, I'm gonna do my odds one here and maybe give it the most separation between now and and the the one that's gonna. Or come do you just want to do the, them like all? We could do the two of them together. Okay, will that become too redundant? Or okay, we'll do it then. I'll I'll hang on to it. Yeah, whatever you. Think. I'll give you. Here's the true odd and end. This one was left over from one we did not too uh, not too long ago. Uh, New Year's revolutions. Oh, yes. Okay. And I had one that I didn't ask you that we uh, ran out of time or I lost a little confidence in it. But now I've regained my confidence in this question. So here's okay. the situation, Rush. I'm going to name for you some of the causes of historical revolutions. And I'd like you to tell me which one you think would most likely have driven you to join a revolution. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I looked up kind of the, the the most typical ones, the French Revolution, American Revolution, the Spanish Revolution, the Chinese. There was a Chinese Cultural Revolution. Yes. And I have just a few choices, and feel free to add one of your own that might have been a historical reason. But let me see if any of these get you fired up and you want to overthrow Got something. It. Cool. Yes. Uh, the first one is taxes. All right. Uh, the second one is religious authority ruling based on religious tradition. Okay. Uh, inequity between the classes, and there may be a little overlap in here, so we'll we'll try and treat them treat them separately. Um, uh, next one is food scarcity or inflated food prices. Got it. And the next one is autocratic rule. The one after that is corruption. And lastly, government by non-indigenous or empirical rule. Any of those stick in your craw? Make you wanna make you wanna revolt? Um, yeah. So food <laughs> food scarcity would be at the top. Okay. Okay. If I'm in a society where uh, sheer survival is, they, they are not providing for me and the bulk of the population to be able to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that government needs to go, and we need to replace it with a different. Uh, thought system uh religious i don't remember exactly but you gave me autocratic government but also like you know government by religious rule religious rule that one would be one again where i think just from an ideological perspective uh, i'm likely to be be get past the tipping point and be willing to to revolt if i feel like um that is you know and it's i don't have a voice and i'm being pounded down by that most of the others are like things, of course, that I would disagree with, but it would be <laughs> right. hard for me to get, get up. To like, the point of- I mean, corruption, <laughs> give me a break. Like, right. what, when, when has our government ever not had, uh, <laughs> or, whether, or it's, any- whether it's local, <laughs> state, or right. federal, when has it not had corruption? And I'm not like, it's got to, we got to, you know, come up and we can't have these bureaucrats. Um, and a couple of the other ones, I mean, it sound bad, but. Inequity um, between the classes. Yeah, I mean and we taxes. have we have we currently have so I would like us to pay more taxes. So it's hard for me to envision a scenario where I would feel that I was taxed out of um uh, in, into a place of revolution. I'd be more likely to go the other way, which you've given the opposite, which is inequity between the classes. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think, you know, to be like alarmist, I do think that at some point, you, you know, you just look at the graphs; it's yeah. ludicrous. Um, 
And, you know, uh, but I, I live in a society that has that problem and I'm not seeking to revolt. Uh-huh. So I can't, I can't pretend that I would. Um, so yeah, food, food scarcity. Uh, if they hunger games me, you know, that'd be a problem. Yeah. Like if we were, <laughs> if we were just constantly getting hunger games, uh, like in all those, in all those scenarios. I might have a beef depending on how they did it with like the, the government by like, empirical rule you know like who the hell are you you came to my island and tell me like this is how all this all this shit's gonna go now that might that might get me fired that might get me fired up yeah i and and yeah i mean i think if the government was one person like to your autocratic point um it's hard to envision that but i think that that would be something where i would be like no 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 (laughs) this doesn't work um so yeah I, i i look i think i would Certainly try to never revolt. Yeah. It's bad times. <laughs> you massively increase your uh your risk of, of, of death and uh there's gonna be horrible consequences, uh, obviously, but uh, a few of those would be would be enough. Yeah. Would be enough. Well that was that was the uh, that was the odd in the end from uh New Year's Revolutions. All right, terrific. So uh TJ sticking with odds. Oh, okay. Here's the situation. Yeah. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. Oh, boy. You're on a... uh, So you're on a game show, uh, TJ, which you came up with the name for (laughs) of Not Even that focuses on odds. Okay. Okay. And one of their favorite games is this following game that you're going to play. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. 90 seconds. And we're going to have a a conversation, basically. It's mostly going to be you. But you got 90 seconds in which you need to list 10 things. Can Mm. you get 10 things that are predominantly sold in an odd number oh. greater than one. So it can't be, you know, obviously we do all day things that are sold as a one. Wow. But we're looking for things that, that come in. So a, a counterexample, donuts. Donuts usually come in a right. dozen. That's even. Uh, Baker's dozen is not common enough that we would say they predominantly come in an odd number. So I'm going to give you 90 seconds. You got to just, I'm the sole, you know, judge, jury. Oh, Lord. Judge, jury, and executioner here. So uh, if I disagree, sorry, um, you can maybe talk me out of it after the 90 seconds is over. Damn. And for each one, we give you an odd and end that we found around the uh, the home. Unless <laughs> you get 10 and 90 seconds, which <laughs> no is very way. rare. No way. Then you get $1,000. I'm not okay. coming close. It's going to be difficult, I bet. But let's see which ones you can work out. Uh, and I'm going to the timer. Uh, and you're getting free time uh, by man, me not, get, not being not able to pull this any up. Of. Okay. And here we go. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Of what? Uh, anything. No. <laughs> um, uh, man, I don't know. How about uh, the basic flavor, basic lifesaver flavors? I don't know how many lifesavers are in a roll. But yeah, do, the five, do the five lifesavers count? Not commonly count? sold. No. You need the number in the roll. Peeps? Peeps. They yeah. come in an odd number? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll sit, put that down as a maybe. Um, half the time, gra- <coughs> grapes. Half the time. No. They <laughs> It's got to be predominant. <laughs> um, uh, three, seven, seven, fives. Um, Olympic ring memorabilia. Okay, you got it. <laughs> you got Olympic rings. <laughs> when they're one. selling, when they're selling, and Olympic that's a stretch. Ring. That's a stretch to give you that one. But I know I'm not giving you the grand, so uh, I'm okay with it. Maybe we'll just sit in silence for the last ninety nah. seconds. I can't even think of something that sells in threes, man. How about tennis balls? Tennis balls. There you go. That yeah. Been, that been All right. That tennis balls. Number. Yeah. Um, balls. I think are sold in twos. Um, um, 
Golf ball sleeves? Yeah. Boom. Okay. That's number two. Nah, Golf ball sleeves. Gotta three. find something that's not a ball. Uh, or, or or put a run in on the balls. What did we get? 101. It sells, here, here, classic. Here's 49. Um, <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's brutal. It's tough. We just the, like evens, eh? Yeah, we tend to. All hot right. Hot dog packages. I'm cut you off there. That was 90 seconds. Man, yeah, that's hot dogs. Terrible. And, uh, tires. What? People buy five tires because you get your spare plus your four tires. That's oh. the most common. Uh, but the spare is not even the same as your other tires. Yeah, it's like a little buy, donut. You buy five tires at once. Really? Yeah. I would have given you, certainly given you tires. Does anyone, do you think if you went around the world right now, yeah. around the U.S., what percentage of people do you think you're going to get 10 in 90 seconds? Oh, so few. <laughs> so few. Odds and ends is a scam. It's it's used it's to a carnival game where like yeah, they grease the dishes. Because right, if you get three or four things, it's just the host's way of clearing some shit out of his house. So I'm like, here you go. Here's here's this old. This is a, a mug I got from a golf Lord. event. You know, lordy, lordy, that was rough. That was I, rough. Yeah, I I struggled. I struggled with it. I thought about it for like thirty or forty seconds and. Came up with about <laughs> four of them. <laughs> well, you would have you would have killed me if we went if we went head to head. But that's a good one for our audience, for our listeners yeah. to uh, you know tweet at us or whatever. Put yourself on a ninety second clock and see. But just give us some that we missed. What yeah. are some classic things? Tennis balls might be the best. Yeah, I certainly. Has everyone seen that at least? You know that's for sure. That's three. There's got to be a, t- a bunch, maybe a bunch of other threes. And golf just not... balls is at least as common as yeah. Uh, tennis balls. Um, but what, like everything else, it's four. I mean, I mean I'm guessing there's got to be something where you get five. That that that's got to be the other most common, most common number of somethings. Like, yeah. But who knows? You, you like everything else. You buy like you get six mugs, right? It's probably six dishes. You you know like you get all yeah. the others. Man, and, and and the problem is a lot of the stuff is going to be not predominantly one or right. the other. But you're right. Like hot dogs. Right, you know, hot, hot dog, dog bun. bun. Yeah. There are a lot of things that are predominantly even. Uh, uh, you got a twelve pack, a twenty four pack, right. a thirty pack, ten. Like it, it clearly, uh, almost all beverages are sold predominantly yeah. even. Evens, yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know, exactly why it is. It's so funny because you go to restaurants and they're always giving you the damn odd number. Oh yeah, you know, and they're like, "Well, we have uh, three meatballs that come with the order," mm-hmm. and they know that three is the least <laughs> common. You know, so it's never, never very helpful. <laughs> All right, Rush. Here's um, here's one. Here's a here's one from one of the lost episodes. Okay. So I don't know. You you you'll probably remember. This might be the first time you may have heard this situation before, but maybe you'd think differently about it now, right? Okay. I mean, like, so um, Rush, you are named chief of the reevaluation committee. Okay. And so basically, what this committee has done is said like. Why are diamonds so so expensive? Paintings are selling for forty million dollars. Like right. they they say, like these are way way overvalued. This is out of this is out of whack. There's right. no great reason gold is worth all this other than people say say it is. And so like we're gonna take paintings down. Paintings are gonna be worth a hundred dollars an hour for for labor cost of goods. And if uh, we'll throw in a hundred bucks, if it's a Van Gogh, we'll say, cause you know, like they were excellent in their field, but no more, no more of this stuff going at these prices. You're in charge of the other end of the equation yeah. where you're in charge of saying like, you know what, actually this is kind of cheap 
for for what it's actually for what it's actually worth. So, um, and I can give you a couple of examples, maybe of things that came to my mind. If you'd sure. like a little time to think about it, um, I think something like a tool, a hammer or a wrench that you might be able to get for six, seven, up to you know twenty bucks or whatever may last you an absolute lifetime. Yeah, and help you create other stuff. So like the fact that a hammer goes for twenty years and probably will last for fifty years if you don't do anything crazy with it, I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal buy. Um, books, I think you know, like you can get a used book or whatever for a buck fifty, and you know it's a classic. You could read it; it's going to last forever and ever, and yeah. you get. You know, who knows how many hours, depending on how fast of a reader you are. Yeah, one of the things I'm going to do is raise the painting price back up. (laughs) I I think that was a mistake by my (laughs) colleagues to take (laughs) paintings down. uh, But, yeah, and I mean, those. I I really like that hammer example. I don't think I agree on books. I mean, there's so many books, and they're limited time consumable. I mean, the, the crazy thing about books is there's some books I've read where... I would pay a thousand dollars at least to have been a, afforded the opportunity to read that book versus never having been able to read it. Mm-hmm. But but you know most books. I'd... Here's here's one of the things a book does though. It can be used, passed on, and loses nothing in the second use of it from someone else. It diminishes zero. Well, from reader to reader to reader. That's well, that's not entirely true because uh, it would if it was on a Kindle. But if it's a paperback and mm-hmm. like you underline in the book, like that certainly lost value. Let's say you're not an animal. You just read it and then <laughs> hand it on. Well, I mean the actual value of the story itself. I, it, I agree with you there. That's why I was saying none. if you put it on the Kindle. <laughs> but like, a, a, you know, the we're talking about tangible objects here. <laughs> yeah. my, so one of the things, and I think I did say this when you asked it of me before, but one of the things would be salt. Like I think salt right. is so critical, <laughs> and I I always think of like a, if you had a world without salt, right? And then you found some salt, people would lose. It would go. Right. It would be so expensive <laughs> if salt was scarce. It's not scarce. Right. Uh, wars. I, I'm sure wars were fought over with salt in the I balance. I hope so. Right. It's so good. And now we just spread it on the it's street. So good. And when like I you know I'm trying to do- trucks just fly it out the back of it all winter yeah. long. Yeah. I mean, salt is cheaper. Like a pound of salt is cheaper than a pound of dirt. Right. So we should not call it dirt cheap. We should call it salt cheap. But, but it, uh, I mean, salt is uh, critical. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. I, I basically. Literally the world becomes unpalatable with it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're well, welcome. Well put. Um, another thing that I find to be underpriced are, um, Vis-a-vis their value. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's certainly very important that these prices stay low. Yeah. But is kind of basic clothes. Like I went to buy, I just Uh needed a pair of sweatpants uh, the other day. And I bought like a good pair of sweatpants for $7. Yeah. I will wear those sweatpants, you know, walking back and forth, hopefully to tennis or the gym, like, I don't know, 30 times. Yeah. It's ridiculous that I'm only paying $7 for that. (gasps) And they're like comfortable. I mean, I mean, that to me is way cheaper than it should be. When like I'm also paying, you know, uh, eighty four dollars uh, to go to a yoga session for forty five minutes, right? Like those sweatpants, 
you know me, I'm big on like manufacture something. If you make it and I've got a thing, like I like that. I I like to put more price on it. I got a pack of twenty uh erasers the other day. The erasers you can put on the back of yeah. a pencil that you've worn the eraser right. off of. And they paid you a dollar to take those. It was a buck yeah. for twenty of them. I'm yeah. never I might never need another eraser in my life. A, right. a buck might take me for the rest of my Meanwhile, life. Meanwhile, I'm paying twenty dollars for like enough batteries to last like a month <laughs> in a video game controller. Right, I mean, give me a break. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, there would be. I'd spend a lot of time saying, "Look, a lot of these things they yeah. got to, they got to get more." And and I like. I think also like a thing that can like help make another thing. So yeah. so even like a pencil or a pen, you know, like it can help you do a lot. Yeah. Make create another thing. And so I think that also would put me on tools. Is like, hey, with these things, I'm actually like create more things yeah. that that and you know that anything but you don't pay for that future you know production value or you know whatever it is i'm trying to it's say it's not like, hard to make a hammer so yeah it's never i guess gonna be expensive, not man like, but, how yeah. about it i mean look i, I bought uh six white t-shirts the other day for uh i think less than a dollar a shirt yeah um and and again it's like oh here are these other ones that are 29.99 for shirt and it's a white t-shirt uh-huh like why is anybody? I don't know. I don't get it. Why is anybody paying the thirtieth shirt for the white T-shirt? Do not know. It's an undershirt. The whole design, <laughs> the whole concept, is for it not to be seen. Right. I hear you. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. So can, can in your department can they lower the price of those other white T-shirts? I'll I'll, I'll I'll try and get on it because okay. it drives me crazy too. Yeah. Thank you. I really I appreciate the the work you're putting into that. Uh, okay. Uh, odds and ends. I I did want to do this one. And it was a little funny because uh, we got to be on on the radio this week. That was a great time. Uh, it really was. Uh, Justin Kaufman was nice enough to have us on his show. Had a blast. WGN Radio. He's on there. He's on there every weeknight. Yeah, I mean, listen to that guy. What I mean, what a just what a good dude. And mm-hmm. then when we did some situations with him, he got into him so quickly, and he was so fun to have in him. But I did want to do the first one we ever recorded, and I don't. We don't have to talk about it much, but uh-huh. I just. Because I've always, it was the first one I recorded. I want everybody to know and think about their answer. And so here's the situation. You are convicted of a crime you didn't commit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You are sentenced to prison, and you are in solitary confinement with a few odd things about it. First is you have a small cell, like a normal solitary confinement cell, but it has a door that goes to a private, full, like, it's a half court, but a fully built half court basketball court. Yep. You also can have only one visitor. However, whatever visitor you want must come, and they can come for up to one hour a week if you'd like them to. Uh, otherwise, you have like access to the facilities. There's a library and whatever else, but you only get you know the two hours a day or whatever that would typically be from solitary confinement. The wrinkle is your sentence is. You are in prison until you make 100 free throws in a row uh-huh. on your basketball court. So my two questions are, who is your one guest that you come and have visit you? And number two, uh, how likely are you or how long do you think it will take you to get out? Yep. And my answer was Jerry West. I was going to go diaper style. I'm oh, going to Rick try Barry. And, I'm Rick sorry, Rick Barry. Barry. Yeah. 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 Jerry West. Though. The well, logo. He's way. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a good guy. Rick Barry. And uh, I'm gonna go underhand style diaper dandy shot, uh, and I'm 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 gonna get out of there. I think I might have said within the two years. I I think 
thing about it. Six months. I think we both uh, said we could try to get out in six months. Yeah, I'm going to give myself five years to get out. Okay, but I'm trying to get out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go the route that we we discussed a little bit. Where like, okay, I'm just going to concede that I'm never going to make a hundred free throws, and I'm going to have someone I love come visit me because I'm in jail for the rest of my life. Yes, I. Which is probably the smarter approach because until you're about a ninety percent free throw shooter, making a hundred in a row is basically an impossibility. Yes. So you're going to have to spend. It might take you a year to become a hundred a ninety percent free throw shooter. Or it might you could never do it. Well, here's the thing. Like, even if I was like, man, all right, I'm just gonna be in jail forever. I'm still gonna go in there and try and hit a hundred. And how <laughs> shitty would it be? No, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't because if you make a hundred in a row, <laughs> right? But like, I still get out. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. But even if I conceded to like, I'm never gonna get out of here. Actually, I'm never gonna hit a hundred. I'm still gonna try and hit a hundred. The question, beca- of course, the question becomes, how much does Rick Barry help you? Yeah. Right? And if we think, because and part of the reason I included the library is you could go and get books on mm-hmm. the proper free throw form, which might yeah. be just as good as having Mr. Free Throw or Steph Curry or Rick Barry <laughs> or whoever there. Anyway, don't need to spend a bunch of time on it because we have <laughs> talked about it before, so it's a little bit cheating. But that was the first one we ever recorded yep. in my apartment. It was way too loud, <laughs> and so we, could, we couldn't use it. But you guys go ahead and think about it. You getting out? You, who are you bringing in? Do you, do you think or do you concede and just have someone come that you love because yeah. you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life? And I think when I was a kid, I shot about eighty yeah. percent. I was a pretty good shooter, and so I think I think with you know, and maybe I overrate my ability on this. My my friend Brett Alachi, who <laughs> claims that he made a hundred free throws in a row consistently when he was a child, which I'm like, <laughs> I it's one of those things where consistently, yeah, consistently. And I'm like, I believe, I believe that he believes that statement, but mm-hmm. it's false. Yeah. That's just not true. But I, I think he's not lying. I, I just think he's, he's he's just wrong. He's just wrong yeah. about the past. But he and I always get in these like debates because I think if if I had if I could you know quit my job and I had nothing to do except accomplish something in a year, I could accomplish a lot of things, including the one we're fighting about now is I could do an Iron Cross. Like I could hold an iron cross oh, okay. like the on gymnasts the, do the rings. for for a full two seconds, which I think is enough for, for it to qualify. And he's like, "You could never do it in your life." I'm like, "No way, man!" I like, I I have unlimited resources to do this, and and all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. I first of all, I can do like the Chris Pratt. You know, I can totally transform my body in six right. months into like, you know, uh, super you in in shape with a gymnast style body. I mean, maybe it takes. Nine months, but it's not, I mean, it's not going to take, I can do it. So barring like a major injury, I could pull that off. And then, you know, I got to learn what's not one of the hardest gymnast moves. It's a tough one. It's not like you have like a a fake shoulder, you know, like your body, your bones and muscles are still there. I mean, if I tried it tomorrow, I'd rip my arms off. Oh yeah. But of course I'd be smarter about it. But I'd get a trainer, I'd buy, (laughs) right. But I'd make sure I bring in the guy who's like, I've taught the Iron Cross to many a folk. Right. You know? So anyway, uh, I, I think I could make. Whoever, yeah. So I think I could I could make those free throws within six months. All right, Rush. Um, here's one. Um, this is also from one of the lost the lost episodes, but I, I think I remember you you digging the idea of this. I hope so. And this is the other only only other one I have before. Uh, oh, before my very clever combination of odds and ends. Yes. Um, so here's the situation, Rush. You are to be inducted into any Hall of Fame you want. It can be a real Hall of Fame or a Hall of Fame that does not exist that you want to be in. 
Um, what Hall of Fame is it? Um, let's assume you can have your uh, induction ceremony wherever you want. It doesn't have to be at the physical Hall of Fame of, yeah. of your choosing. So where would you like the ceremony to be held? And who would you like to induct you into this particular Hall of Fame? Oh, man, that's a great question. There's so many Hall of Fames I would like to be in. <laughs> I, think, I know you think very highly. If I remember correctly, you were like, maybe the Toastmasters Yeah, Hall, well, I was Hall about to say that I, I think the one I'm going to choose is like the Orators <laughs> Hall Okay, of great. Now, but I don't deserve to be in there. No, you don't have to. Okay. This okay. is just this is just dream desire. Yeah. You would be, yeah. Give, I mean, like oratory hall of fame mm-hmm. and then i want to be it's like you william jennings bryant uh who uh well i want a combination okay of barack obama and john mulaney to okay. be my two presenters because mulaney is my current i'm not like a huge stand-up fan but i i like it uh-huh and mulaney is my current favorite stand-up so i love the comedic style of being yep. able to just set up and my favorite stuff that he has done is when he kind of tells stories and does it in you know, three to five minute block and it just kills, you know, and it has like a great way of setting up the story and delivering it. And, and so clearly your definition of, of oratory is not just speech making and, and stuff. I'm it mixing is mixing it all in, to right? Be, like, to stand in front of a group and to present your yes. point, to present your your words. Properly. I think, or, you know, and this is like stupid, but it's like the old, you know, like look, a Renaissance man ought to be able to stand up mm-hmm. and uh compel people to action, but also tell a great joke. Yep. And mm-hmm. it, I would love to be known to be able to do all of those things. To put a child to bed with a perfectly toned bedtime story. Yes. Yep. Just like, hey, here here we are. Like the plane crashed in the Andes. It's <laughs> it's a rough time, but like this guy's giving hope to everybody by sitting people around and just telling them good stories. You know, don't it, eat and, each other. Yeah. And yeah. here's why, my friends. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, the old <laughs> great story. I, I had a uh, an aunt who was a. Uh, or she wasn't quite an aunt, but she, you know, maybe yeah, first cousin twice removed. But she was a, sto- a professional storyteller and would come to our school and tell stories. And I got like, I, I, I really loved that. And then I went to college, and you know, one thing about Princeton is like maybe this you could you could cast aspersions on this or say it's great, but there are some odd classes that you uh-huh. can take there. And I took a class called storytelling from this guy who was like. British via South Africa named Jack Claff, who I've talked about on the podcast before. And he was just this wonderful storyteller who, you know, was in the kind of old style of his stories would be like full of magic. Right. And it would be like, you know, a a boy is walking along an unpaved road and he comes across a series of trees. You know, it was always like all this imagery, but also there was like a magic to it. And I wasn't good at that. I was good at telling stories about like these idiots all got drunk together and this happened, you know? When when he wasn't telling a story, when he was just teaching or instructing or whatever, was there a a, a quality to that as well that was 100%. also in... in 100%. Yeah. Okay. The guy, when he spoke, had command, whether it was telling a story or simply explaining the lesson for that day okay. or telling you why he was late. He had a way of uh, just his gestures and his command, and he was just so uh, confident about, hey, you'd like to listen to me talk about this. <laughs> and he, one thing that I'm not great at is he knew when to stop, right? Okay. He just had all of the skills. So that would be great for me in my career. It would be great. A lot of the things that I've done, great. you know, that that would matter. And so that's, that's what I'm choosing. And lastly, where would you like the uh, ceremony to be? 
you can have it in your home. You can have it in a big hall. Atlanta, so my mom can make it. Great. So then, um, okay. I love that. That was fun. Uh, So back to Philosophy Corner. Okay. Here's the situation. (laughs) It's your second segment on Philosophy Corner, and now they're doing something a little different where they say, um, and, you know, still tied a little bit to odds and ends. Okay. Where they say, the ends justify the means is a famous simple philosophy. And one thing that uh, philosophy uh, discussions often do, but certainly overview courses, is they, they like to oversimplify and boil down these famous philosophers' thoughts and kind of put them into like a little slogan, a simple thing. Mm-hmm. So this is the part of Philosophy Corner that's called oversimplified philosophy. <laughs> so one, so to say that Machiavelli, that, that all that he's all saying right. is ends justify the means is an oversimplification, but it's still a great thing to pull from him and it helps you to teach general philosophy. I want you to give me in the best, to the best of your ability, whether it's, whether it's a true philosophy like ends justify the means that we would all have heard about before, or whether it's just something you put in your own words, but I want it to be oversimplified. I want you to talk about generally, how would you describe what your philosophy was in terms of how you conducted your life in your twenties, in your thirties, and in your forties? Okay. So oversimplify your philosophy from each of those decades. All right. Um, this this probably won't uh, from the twenties from my twenties. So this probably for anyone who's uh, gone through improvisation like we have, um, an oversimplification for this would be say yes. Okay. You know, if something's offered you, say yes. Something's handed to you, take it. Something's, you know, drink this, all right. You know, like okay. that it was, that it was say yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. great. I, I, I look, I think there's some downfalls of say yes, yep. but it's generally a philosophy that I respect. And we've talked about it many times that people that you, you call it like a game bird, right? Yeah. People that uh, say yes to things. I do think that's a great quality. All right. For my thirties, uh, tomorrow don't count. Okay. <laughs> so hard charging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not like I'm not going to have to worry about this tomorrow because tomorrow don't count. Okay. You know, like, uh, so that would be, that would be an oversimplification. And, um, and then the oversimplified philosophy for my forties, like, uh, shit just got real. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That would be the oversimplified, but yeah, but I but think that's, what, that's exactly, that's exactly what we, we bring guests on all the time. We make them do their oversimplified twenties, thirties and forties. Uh, it's a lot of fun and we've really enjoyed having you on philosophy corner. We can make that a quick hitter. I thought you, that was great. Great. I, all I have left is my, is my, is my odds one. Do you want to, do you want to do another one before, before I go back to, uh, to mine? Uh, I've got one I shouldn't do, but I will. Which, okay. Which I've always said, like, I'm not going to do this one. And so it's an, odd, it's an odds and end. It's called the shit goblin. Okay. So here's the situation. Why would you not want to do this one? Oh, God. So, TJ, here's the situation. Uh, it's uh, We're going to pretend your birthday is uh, November 5th. I know, okay. I know that it isn't. Great. Uh, but we're going to pretend that it is. Um, on no, on On November 1st, uh, as far as anyone can tell, everyone that has the birthday of November first, okay, uh, shits out a goblin, uh, like a basically like a full size like a goblin. It's it's basically the size of like a a medium dog. Okay, uh, comes out and it's All malevolent. Right. Mm. And uh, just from from the act, 
of uh, uh, evacuating the goblin. Several people are very badly hurt, and Ooh. many, many, many people die. Oh, no. And then the goblin will also try to attack you if you're in its <laughs> way. So people are dying. Uh, people are maimed or dying almost, you know, very high percentage of casualties. And this happens on the 1st of November. 1st of November for everyone that has the birthday 11-1. And my birthday's on the 5th. Yeah, yours okay. is on the 5th. So at first people are like, well, I don't know what is happening. There's this weird shit goblin situation yeah. is occurring. Uh, and they can't put rhyme or reason to it, except uh. so, uh, pretty quickly people are like, well, that's uh, people that are born on November 1st. Wow. Okay. November 2nd. Boy, I'm, comes, I'm watching the news carefully yes. this day. So November 2nd, uh, and then it, it's happening again. Oh, boy. And it becomes clear that not everyone that's born on November 2nd, but only people that are born on November 2nd are having this shit goblin problem. Okay. Only, and, but, but it, not every. Exactly. Okay. So no one that was born on a different date is, and none of the 11-1 people had the shit goblin on 11-2. Okay. But all, but, but all the ones that happened on 11 It passed. And yes. <laughs> and they, the casualties are still very high. Okay. They've been able to do a little bit to help. Oh boy. Uh, and on 11-3, the hospitals are flooded with people that were born on 11-3, and it's happening to most of them. Okay. And so at this point, there's a pretty strong sense that, and it happens usually pretty early in the day of your birthday. Yep. There's a strong sense that that somewhere between 60 and 80% of people that were born on that day are having this problem. And the casualty rate now that people are flocking to hospitals is somewhere in the 30 to 50%. But even without casualties, there's all sorts of problems. First of all, these goblins are getting loose in the hospital. Mm -hmm. People are trying to take them down. They're taking people down when they try to take them down. And then just the maiming from the horrible act that's occurring. I can tell you one thing I start doing on November 3rd. Uh I stop eating. Okay. 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 Uh, So, interestingly, that's very interesting because on 11-4 in the morning, a lot of people have done that and they are able to ascertain that Nothing that you put into your body or come out of your body because they're trying to figure out what is occurring yeah. is having any impact. Okay. By 11-4, they've got the casualty rate down to about 25 to 40% now. So it's gotten a little bit better. But people that aren't dying are having a really horrible time. Do we know that... Do, do Have they specified whether they the the goblin comes during the act of crapping or does... The he, goblin comes out. To occur. Okay, gotcha. So people have All been right. trying to to starve sure. themselves, not okay. have it occur. You can't stop it if you're one of what now appears to be between seventy and seventy five percent of this is happening to. Okay. That's the information you have as of six p.m. on November fourth. What do you do, man? I hang out near an incinerator. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people are just. A lot of people on your birthday are just putting a bullet in their head no you're not, not going to do that no i'm not doing that okay no um so the, the the act the act that well first of all i'm hoping for the one in four right yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping for that uh, if if it's going to happen to me and the abs the act of it kills me then there's nothing i can do about it that's i'm i'm, I'm gonna be done and i'm gonna yep. die horribly and the hospitals are overcrowded you yeah can't, it's basically impossible to get in but 
I'm going to hang out all day near something where like as soon as this goblin passes, he's yeah. fallen into a fire. He's like, I'm going to like, I'm going to hang around at the top of a building okay. and try and like crap him right off the side all of the right. building and he's going to fall. But I'm going to try and be put myself in some position where if it happens, I live through it. Got it. Then he then he faces immediate some sort of immediate death. So your main thing is you're going to minimize the chances that the he attacks the, me the, post. Uh, yes, the post. Yeah. The post well, attack. I'm in clearly, so you a can see why I decided hard. I would never include <laughs> that situation, but uh, I've, I've decided on odds and ends. It was an odd one. It was an odd one, and, yeah, and we it, put an end to it. Well, it came out the end. <laughs> that was that would be yeah. an odd, yeah, an odd thing to go on your end. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. All right, Rush. So um, for my last one, uh, this is an original question. And combines odds and ends. Okay. So, here's the situation. I'd like you to set the odds on whether these things will end. Okay. Cool. I'm going to give you a thing and a time frame, and I'd like you to set, you know, whatever to one, the betting line odds on these things ending. Got it. First of all, the world. The world, and I'm going to define the world ending by becoming 80% of the population are dead, or 80% of the world is uninhabitable. And unlimited time frame? Over the course of 100 years. Oh, in the next 100 years. Yep. Uh, you know, some some climate scientists will tell me I'm wrong, but I, I'm going to say 80% of the human population or more is gone yep. in the next 100 years. Or 80% of the world is uninhabitable. 80% is uninhabitable. I'm going to say uh, 12 to 1 against. Okay, 12 to 1. How about the minting of the penny in the next 20 years? Oh. Odds that they'll stop minting the penny, that the minting of the penny will end in the next 20 years. There's probably an answer. Like, I, I think they may have even put this in the. I'm going to say like one to one. One to one. Okay. Even. Even. I, I think there may be like a plan in place already to do that. But, oh, okay. But then there's like a. There's there's something about the un, the unintended consequences of that are massive. Oh, like really? It, it has. A, I can't recall exactly, but it, it has. I think a disproportionate, horrible impact on on really poor people if you don't oh, print the okay. penny or something like that. Uh, maybe that's wrong. Just we're we're going to be up to our armpits fair. and zinc. Yeah, that's probably, that's that's <laughs> definitely not it. But there's some there's something because they were like, of course we should get rid of the penny. Is what it what a terrible thing. Like the euro doesn't have the the basically right. the equivalent, and they're like, ah yes, it's going to be very bad for small businesses. There's just huh. something about it where it was going to be bad. Okay. Um, how about contact in the NFL or the NFL entirely in the next 25 years? Se- uh, 100 to 1. 100 to 1. All right. I know that I am in, in minority a little bit. I know I, there are a lot of alarmists on that. I am highly confident that in the next, it was 20 or 25 years? Uh, 25 years. 25 yep. years. Highly confident that contact football, NFL remains. Okay. How about the Second Amendment in the next 30 years? Uh I'm going to say 45 to 1. Okay. How about the eating of animals in the next 40 years? Uh, 200 to 1, but I I do think there's going to be a major shift. I've Putting a couple that. of bucks down on it at 200 to 1? Uh, yeah, I might. I might. I, I, I really don't think eating of animals will end. However, as, I, as I've said to you before, I think there's going to be a big change and in a few generations, you're going to be viewed as uh, it's going to be, especially in cities. I think okay. you're going to be viewed as like a, a Neanderthal if you eat 
if you eat meat. Okay. How about having children through through sex without any sort of genetic uh, fiddling of any sort in the next 30 years? A thousand to one. A thousand to one. How about um, that more than that um, half the vehicles on the road will be driven by humans um, uh, with odds of that ending in the next 25 years? I love that question. That's a great one. I'm going to say... I'm going to say four to five. Four to five. Yeah. I think I, I, the time frame is really interesting. If you'd said 40, I think I'd, I I think I'd go like one to five. Okay. If you said 15, I'd be like 400 to one. Okay. I, I just think it's somewhere in that range. We are going to get to mostly uh, more, more than half will be uh, uh, in America uh, automated cars. Okay. How about a nuclear bomb of any kind explodes from briefcase up to massive in the next 15 years? One to one. One to one, all right. I know. Uh, I mean, oh, one, one to one to twenty. There's going to be test nuclear detonations. I'm sorry, um, a non a non test yeah. one, okay. a, uh, like yeah, a yeah. yeah. So I so I'm back to one by to, a government one or one. terrorist or something. Yeah, something one to like one. That. Okay, one to one. Ah, damn, that's nasty. And then the last one, Rush, the making of any Star Wars or James Bond movies, Star Wars or James Bond movies, end in the next fifteen years for good. We'll say. Yeah. Um, 13 to 1. Okay. I love it. Bond is, uh, if it was just Star Wars, I'd be like maybe 3 to 1. Okay. But you, th- uh, you think Bond's got the legs? I, yeah, I mean, maybe that's dumb, but. Uh, I don't think, I'm, who yeah. knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, well, I, those look, are odds odds of ends. Yeah, right those there. those were better than the ones I had. If, <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest, I liked what you, I liked your take on that better than mine. But mine was, um, and we'll come back. This is where we we started. This is the top. Here so here's the situation: you're employed by a uh, shaky, low quality uh, Vegas <laughs> casino where they, wouldn't want it any other way. Their man. big claim to fame is we give odds on a bunch of stuff these other casinos won't touch. Okay, right. Great. We we veer away from. The regular sports and so forth and do props. Those. Get some yeah, props. It's props. This is hard props. TJ, yes. What are the odds that George R. R. Martin finishes the Game of Thrones series? Oh, uh, I would set it at sixty to one. Sixty to one. I don't think he's ever coming close to it I again. Love it. And finishes it. Give me no five way. bucks on that. How many? How many books to finish it? Uh, well, I don't know. Either two or three. Yeah, it's no, no way. Yeah, no way. Uh, Not the way he's living. Exactly. Is that is that the more likely part, part of it? Is it motivation or health more likely to it's shut all, it down? Uh, motivation, I think, most likely, but health is going to factor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You, I mean, look, you set these lines. You, yeah. you you've made money for this casino for sixty a while. to one, and I'm not touching it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you, that's a sucker bet. You want people like me coming in? I'll see if the sharps put some late money on it. Maybe I'll move it down. But <laughs> throw people like me coming in, throw five bucks on that. Uh, what are the odds that uh, you shake hands with John Cleese? You know, I had my chance. I might have done it. I'm it not. I don't matter. remember. It's, this is in the future. Uh, From today in the forward, future. Hmm, they're not crazy. Um, hundred to one. Hundred to one. Okay. Yep. I was a little afraid you were going to throw like a four to one when you said they're not crazy. No. But okay, hundred one. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, not astronomical. Not super likely. Uh, less than what was it, Leicester City or whatever? I mean, less than that. it's less likely than George R. R. Martin <laughs> finishes the uh, Game of Thrones. Um, what are the odds that by twenty thirty there is a new all time highest grossing movie? 
So it's supplanted uh, the the Star Wars. Uh, one to three. One to three. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, what are the odds that by 2040, MLS, Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. becomes more popular than the NFL in America? Ah, man. You would have you would have me wondering at baseball, but uh, with it being football, uh, eighteen to one. What would you give on uh, it versus baseball? Three to one. Three to one. Yeah, okay. interesting. What about NBA? Fifteen to one. Okay. Uh what are the odds? The NBA's got the international appeal, almost, almost equivalent. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah. I think NBA and and NFL are safe there. Yeah. NBA, of course, safer because they don't have the potential safety issues. Yeah, uh, that we just talked about. Um, and the huge, huge uh, Asian fan base and stuff like that too, which is yeah, really, well, that's really strong. Yeah, Daryl yeah. Morey may have uh-huh. uh, wiped all of that out with one. Nah, he couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, the Chinese, like, they can't tell their people not to enjoy no. basketball. I mean, come on. If 200 million Chinese decided not to do something, there's still over 800, 800 million who, oh, yeah. who might, you know? Yeah. And Luka Doncic is super exciting. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they're good for at least yeah. Luka's career. Um, what are the odds? Excuse me. What are the odds that someone who attended your wedding wins an Oscar in the 2020s? Hmm. Um, let me quickly go through who was there in Day, the twenty twenty. Daniel Day Lewis was there. Yeah, but he said he's retired. Yeah, uh, I know. He, I would put it at five hundred to five hundred to one. Five hundred to one. I'll yeah. I'll put some money on that. Okay, I'll put some money on that. Um, it could be any Oscar. Not like, I hear you. Okay. screenwriting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. What are the odds that? Sorry, this is my last one. Okay. That I can um, do this all day. I love this. Yeah, and yeah. I've been right every time. I can't believe it. Yeah. No. Well, you're setting them. Yeah. Up. Uh I haven't lost a buck on this. Alex <laughs> hasn't lost a buck yet. Uh what are the odds <laughs> yeah. that this nice wizard lady uh has come in and will allow you to to stage an actual fight but between Clubber Lang and Rocky Balboa Ooh. at at their at their at actual height. condition okay. in Rocky Three, except screenwriters don't get to write it. Just who's going to win that fight? My money's on Clubber. Well, right. What are the odds? What 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 are you going to give the odds on Rocky to beat Clubber Lang? Rocky uh, is a three to one dog. Okay. Yeah. I always felt that. I I always was like Clubber Lang is going to beat the hell out. He's of He's so hungry. I don't buy it. Mm-mm. He predicted pain. Yeah. I just. I. I yeah. His prediction. His prediction was pain. Yeah. You know, like yeah. He's 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 hungrier than Rocky is by by that point. Rocky's. Tasted, you know, he's got the money. He's got the mansion, right? By three, yeah. he's yeah. Oh, Clubber's hungry, man. How did they? Was did they truly introduce Mister T in that, or had he done some? As stuff far as before? I know, that was the, that was it. It was pre eighteen. What an awesome what, uh, way to come yeah, in. Yeah, that's your in introduction all, in all regards. Like, what a great get for Rocky oh. to have Mister T, and then what a great start for Mister T. Clubber language, Clubber scary Lang. as but Jesus oh. in that movie, man. Like he was great, way more scary than Drago. Yeah, yeah, Drago, Drago. He was like a Drago's like a robot almost, but like, he he benefited from the times, right? Yeah, because there, mm-hmm. we we had the Cold War, and we yeah. just you know we were so prepared to hate Russians that. Yeah. That, but I think if you just took the two of them, and then of course they allowed him to, you know, kill Apollo, so yeah. that heightens it, uh, of course. But 
I always thought Clever Lang was the uh, uh, he would have won. Mr. He, T and Clever Lang. I mean, Mr. T and Clever Lang were perfect for each other. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and yeah, it, like my my grandfather's a big big boxing fan, and so I, I listen sometimes to Teddy Atlas and stuff, and I really don't like when all else in doubt basically like who is hungrier is a pretty good determining factor for like for for who's gonna win you know like i think and 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 clubber was hungry for the title oh yeah yeah is that it that's it all of our odds those are all of our ends the the pantry is bare the cupboard is clean all right we're we're, we're now to the main stuff we can't do that this was out only. Uh, well, thanks a bunch to you guys. Thanks to Nate DeFord, who produces for us. Jilly Nichols, who did the music. Emily Cardamus, who did our artwork. If you want to get in touch with us, try us at here's the situation podcast.com at no, at Gmail. Here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. That's, That's right. how you do it. Yeah. That was an odd end. We need to get the hot plops uh, <laughs> domain set up because that's better. You know? just, yeah, don't any of you guys at hot plops. go out there and buy hot plops and wait for us to don't like come dare. for it and then you know charge us up the waz to get ownership. Uh, those of people, it. those squatters, oh, man. man. No, thank you. Those those are odd people who I'd like to see come to an end. <laughs> we'll we'll talk to you next time unless you're that hot plops person and and now now we know someone's gonna do it. Don't you dare. Yeah. Hot plop. 